0: Hello and welcome to Everyday Medicine. I'm Dr Luke and in this podcast series I'll be sharing conversations with colleagues exploring their special interests in medicine and bringing insights, ideas and advice for your medical practice. In this episode, we're talking with an expert about skin clinics and mole mapping. Australia has one of the highest rates of melanoma skin cancer in the world, such that it is referred to as Australia's national cancer. By the end of 2020, it's estimated there will have been 16,200 cases of melanoma, with a new diagnosis every half hour and a death from melanoma every five hours. Melanoma is the third most common cancer in both men after prostate and colorectal cancers and women after breast and colorectal cancer, and is the most common cancer in 15 to 39-year-olds. With melanoma included, two in three Australians will be diagnosed with skin cancer before the age of 70 the risk in males being higher than that for females. Joining us today to talk both about melanoma and non-melanoma skin cancers, and the role of mole mapping and dermoscopy, is Dr. Archie Zhu. Archie is passionate about skin cancer surveillance and operates a very successful suburban skin cancer clinic where his goal for early diagnosis and management is being achieved. Please welcome Dr. Archie Zhu. Uh, Archie Zhu, uh, thank you very much for joining me today on Everyday Medicine. I really appreciate you, uh, you know, taking the time and uh, and coming and allowing me to meet you. And we've done a wonderful tour of your skin clinic, and and it's given me a great insight, um, a superficial level, of course, but a great insight into what you do here. Um, So before I come and talk to you a little bit about uh, your skin clinic, mole mapping, uh, how you're looking for. Non-melanotic non-mela- uh, skin cancers. Can I ask you about how you got here? How did you get from your medical course, you know, into being this uh, dermatology uh, field that you're in now? Can you tell us about that. All right.
1: Thank you for having me today, Luke. Um, it's my pleasure to um, have an interview with you. Yes. Thank um, you. Yeah. Um, I started my training as a, a general practitioner, and I developed my interest in Um, dermatology and particularly in the area of skin cancer uh, during my training Uh, and later on during my practice i realized that incorporating the skin care to the everyday general practice is a little bit difficult so i decided to set up and develop a new um, method or new pathways of taking Mm. care of the skin cancer part Mm. Um, as you may know that every time when you come to see uh, your gp it will take a long time and the one of the uh, purpose of this skin care clinic skin cancer clinic is to make sure that we can have our patient being um, taken care of and looked after on time Mm. i mean we don't want our Mm. patient to be mixed with people having the cold, Mm. having other medical Mm. conditions, Mm. and uh, because other emergency situation have been delayed. It's a very specialist
0: kind of uh, Mm. uh, examination, isn't it? As you were saying, the patients are going to be undressed. That's Mm -hmm. going to take time if they're a little bit elderly. And it's not the same as, as a blood pressure check and a, and a yes, consultation, exactly. it's, a, it's a very expansive assessment of their skin, yeah. of their integument. And we, yeah. were, we were mentioning how um, we think about melanoma as Australia's national cancer. Yeah. And uh, I think just before we started the interview, we were saying that this year it's estimated that about 16,200 yeah. people will be diagnosed yeah. with melanoma. So it's about one every half hour, I think. And yeah. someone dies about every five hours of melanoma. So it's a pretty big statistic, third most yes, common. Uh, cancer in men and in women actually mm. um, after their other respective cancers so t- tell me it's a very important thing that we, we're looking for um, tell me uh, about your approach how does the mole clinic work uh, perhaps you can explain so we'll start a bit talking about melanomas rather than non-melanotic skin yeah. cancers but yeah. how does that how does the mole mapping in the mole clinic work t- tell us about it okay
1: um we generally do a skin check for everybody coming in or uh, concerns about their particular lesions mm. of on their body um, we also been looking after people referred by other doctors with a uh, history of melanoma or recently treatment for melanoma or concerning or suspicious for melanoma in particular lesion mm. um, we usually don't uh, put everybody in the more mapping category because uh, mm. um, the journal, study has been done in the past is that mapping is not really recommended for everyone mm. it's only uh, beneficial for certain group of people which usually have the high risk of having uh, melanoma in the future or they already had a history of melanoma or have family history of melanoma mm. and themselves may have a uh, uh, conditions such as the dysplastic nevus syndrome, mm, okay, um, which putting them in the high risk group. Right. Um, the mole mapping process usually include two part. The first part is a total uh, body photography, and the second part is the more detailed image of individual moles and yes. the dermoscopy. Yes. Um, we we depending on the. Um, risk of the patient some patient coming every 12 months other patient coming every six months or three months Mm. we will um, check their body take photographs again and compare the images of individual moles from three months 12 months Mm. ago Um, quite often um, that's we, the mole mapping component. That's mo- the mole so mapping lo- it component. it
0: allows you to compare what's happening now with what happened maybe mm. at six months or 12 months historically. Yes, yes. exactly,
1: yes. Yeah. And we did find that uh, the mapping is a very potent uh, tool to, uh, in diagnosing the melanoma for the high-risk uh, population. Yes. Um, we, every year we will find over 10 melanomas in those groups.
0: Right, do you have a rule of thumb for why you would get someone back three months versus 12 months? I like you said, they've had a history of the melanoma being removed, but can you give us a sense of you know, how you stratify the callbacks? Right, so usually
1: we know that um, it's based on the previous clinical studies. Um, um, some people have a high risk, some people have a lower risk. Um, in the high risk group, for example, somebody recently has been treated or diagnosed with melanoma. Um, then they will automatically register as a high risk group Um, and having a more frequent checkup the first thing is to make sure that there was no recurrence of the previous melanoma Mm. and second thing is uh, for people who had a a recent diagnosis of melanoma their future risk of developing a second melanoma would be 10 20 or even 50 times more than the average level so you want to catch those uh, melanoma, the second melanoma, mm. um, as early as possible.
0: Does that translate into a percent? Do we know a percent who will get a melanoma per year, having had one removed? Is there a figure for that?
1: Um, there are some figures for that. Um, the risk of a second melanoma is roughly in every, um, about a one about one, around 1% mm, per, in year. Those, per year yeah, yeah. in those kind of groups mm. of people.
0: Yeah, yeah it's, quite, it's quite significant, mm. isn't it? Mm. Yeah, mm. yes. So, we're, and d- d- you mentioned dysplastic syndrome. Um, it, how do we recognise that in general practice? Is that something that's pretty obvious? I don't um, know that I could recognise it necessarily, but h- how, how does one pick that up? Yeah, um, dysplastic nervous syndrome
1: is uh, not a very common uh, condition, but it would be easily uh, recognised. It's mostly is for people who had many moles, right. and the secondly mm. is uh, those moles on one particular person, all the fi- not all the moles are sharing the same features. Okay. okay and generally speaking, most people can have an average of twenty moles, and mm. that's quite common. Mm. Um, but in other peoples, the high risk people they could have 100, hundred two hundred moles okay. Um, and most people in their, on their body, the moles are look similar. It's Mm. like the Mm. brothers and sisters. Mm. Well, on the dysplastic nervous syndrome patients, um, you could find different features. It's really, you couldn't, um, decide which one is normal and which one is not normal.
0: Okay.
1: And other features of dysplastic nervous syndrome is, um, moles can appear in the place which is not commonly presented for example on the buttock
0: Mm.
1: for example in the some areas which normally not seen the sun at all
0: Mm, okay Mm. between the toes yeah between the toes yeah Mm, and those sorts of things yeah Mm. so we've got the mole mapping which allows us to provide kind of a historical record Uh, what about the dermoscopy part tell us about that part
1: well, um, there are big advancements in the last um, two decades regarding the features of melanoma and the dermoscope. Um, mm-hmm. Lots of algorithms in yes. diagnosing the melanomas. Um, I commonly would use a combination of uh, all the algorithms to try to figure out which would fit the description of each melanoma better. Mm-hmm. Um, so it. In, in, in general speaking, it was started with the ABCDEFG method mm. and now developed into different um, uh, ways, such as the two steps, the three steps, and uh, seven points, all those different uh, ways of
0: diagnosing the melanoma. Th- these are features of the melanoma, rather, yes, dermoscopy features, than, yes, yeah, and, yeah, the okay, dermoscopy. Yes, the dermoscopy. That make you suspicious. Uh, yes, makes you suspicious. So, you know, you're, you're, you're looking at the skin with a yeah. dermoscope. And, I mean, I saw something very interesting before because you had the iPhone, which was very handy. So you're now interrogating that lesion with yeah. the iPhone yeah. and then you're magnifying it by about a factor of 10 on the dermoscope mm-hmm. uh, with the iPhone. And then you're now, we've got, a, we've got one in front of us here on the screen, you're now demonstrating it on the computer screen. Yeah. You'll come and have a careful look at that. Yes. And we were talking before about the sorts of features that you might... Yeah. Uh, you, you might um, uh, will interrogate that by and then determine whether it should be removed or not.
1: Yep. Yeah. So for example, in this particular lesion, um, you cou- we could see some suspicious features for the melanoma. Yep. Um, one of the common methods we use uh, called two steps. First yes. is we define this lesion as chaotic. Yes. So um, in nature, most uh, things on our body are mirroring from left side to right side yes. um, and it's called uh, symmetrical. Symmetry, yes. Yeah. Um, well, for the any kind of cancers, particular for melanoma, you would see the asymmetrical change. So mm. we mm. call it the chaotic. Then we're looking into the uh, more detailed features of a melanoma. For example, for this one, we can see some crystal lines. We can see the uh, inflammation, like the milky red yes. uh, features, and also some grey. Um, we call it like gray. This is what um, we're looking at on the yeah, screen. Yeah, we're looking at the screen. Yes. Um, or some hyperpigmented areas, or some others may have the um, vascular growth features. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So this all could lead to the suspicion for melanoma. Right. If we could see these features, particularly you will see more than one features in one single lesion, the chance of being a melanoma would be yes.
0: much higher. Yes. Yeah. So with the sort of the lesion that we've got in front of us, that obviously we're doing this as an audio, so we can't, unfortunately, we can describe this, I think I'll describe it like a nebula, looks like a nebula to me, but uh, it's quite a chaotic structure with Mm. different colours in it and it it doesn't look all that um, attractive, I totally agree. So you're going to then, you've demonstrated this is abnormal, Uh, you've done a mole mapping on this patient so we can compare things in the future, but you're going to remove this lesion. Yes. Uh, so t- tell us briefly about how you would remove that and would you recommend that sort of lesion be removed by most general practitioners or sh- should they be removed by a more specialist clinic like yours
1: well uh, it really depending on um the trainings of the general practitioners yes, their experience um, and so yes forth. we yeah. um, for any germ- General practitioners, if they have the proper training, they understand the nature of melanoma, they know the best um, treatment options for the melanoma, I would say that they should be confident to remove such a lesion. The important thing for remove this one is for the initial excision, it should be a two millimeter margin. It should be an excisional biopsy instead of a partial biopsy, not a punch biopsy, not a shave biopsy, uh, so that we can make sure we get the whole lesion out and send for the histology assessment. Yes. Um, the reason for this one is that w- if we get the whole lesion, we will know the depth of the lesion. If it's a partial biopsy, we may miss the most invasive part and uh, it will not give us the uh, ideal or mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. exact- the confidence,
0: the, right, the confidence about what to do.
1: What yeah. to do next. H-
0: and you were saying you, it's the, the Breslow uh, Thickness, um, yeah. Thickness that you use, the, the Clark? The classification is not so often referred to these days yes. at all.
1: No, it's not. It was um, useful to in the past, but mm-hmm. more evidence suggests that the breadth thickness is more accurate in yes. assess the um, the the significance of the particular melanoma. Yes.
0: yes. Um, and the success is it, I think. Also, for the, am I right in saying if it's a, if it's a millimetre penetrated, they've got a Something like a ninety-five percent five-year survival. So, yes. it gives us some prognostic factors as exactly. well. Exactly. Yeah. And and uh, I mean, there are some situations where you you might take a lesion off here in the mole clinic, and you're seeing lots of those cases, and and then you'll get a result back that will make you determine this patient needs a wider excision. Mm-hmm. And what what are the features there that? You need to send this patient off to uh, for a like Peter or for a deeper excision. T- tell us about that.
1: Yeah, usually um, most of the melanoma um, diagnosis here are in the early stage or yes. early levels. Um, if the lesion is less than one millimeter and has no other risk factors, we are we will be feeling comfortable to do a uh, um, a wider excision in our clinic. But if the patient either has a other risk factors or the um, melanoma is more than one millimeter um, in the breast thickness we would go uh, to a referral and recommend them to be um, uh, assessed at the PDMAG, mm. um by multiple disciplinary mm. teams okay, because yes. the, um, they may need uh, lymph uh, node biopsies. You mm, may mm, need mm. to immunotherapy or mm, other mm, treatment yes, in the Yes, we are
0: launch into a complete conversation. Yeah. Yes, sure. Mm. Okay, and uh, the the instance of melanoma. Uh, t- tell us a little bit about that. We, can we stratify, stratify the instance of melanoma? You know, younger versus older people. Are you seeing more cases now than before? Mm. T- tell, can you tell us a bit about that?
1: Yeah, um, melanoma um, is is not a very High incidence in the younger group of people, although it is still quite significant. Mm. Particularly before fifty years of age, the um, the rate of diagnosis is or the incidence is not significant. However, after fifty years of age, um, we have seen an exponential increase in the uh, Mm. diagnosis of melanoma. Mm.
0: Um,
1: It could be attributed to many factors. One factor we apparently know is that um, the sunscreen Mm. or the Mm. sun protection strategy hasn't been really broadly advertised.
0: Mm. uh, That that population missed the
1: message. Missed the message. Mm -hmm. Um, Another thing is of course with the increase in aging we will find Mm. uh, the incidence of most cancer increase. Mm. Uh, The third factor is actually our um, lifespan in Australia this year has increased yes. significantly. Yes. Um, we we did notice that in the age group above 70, the incidence of melanoma has rise
0: significantly mm. in our hands mm. as mm. well. Mm. Yeah. It's, it's interesting, isn't it, uh, Just tell me about who you would recommend be referred to you. Like who, which, is there an age where we should start thinking about coming and getting our skin checked? Right.
1: Um, I would, generally speaking, for Children's, um, teenagers, if you haven't noticed anything significant, it's not really necessary to go Mm. in for a skin check, but of course if there's something growing rapidly Mm. or has been changed significantly, um, come come to have a look. From 20 years to 50 years of age, it's very much depending on the outdoor activity. I would give a different classifications for people doing the indoor work and the outdoor work and the level of some protection. Mm. For example, we do know that for some profession like the traffic controller, treatment, roof tailor and the concrete, those mm. are the common yeah. mm-hmm. um, group of people we could see the development of um, melanoma and other skin cancers. Mm. Um, if some people in that category yes they need to have the skin checking more regularly Mm. however for someone who is having a darker skin and spend most time indoor and outdoor activity as they always put the sunscreen on Mm. have the sun protection maybe Mm. every five years or Less, mm. depending on the you, situation. You know, we
0: recommend we recommend dental checks, and we recommend get your blood pressure mm-hmm. checked, or looking at cardiovascular risk factors, and yeah. so forth. But I don't know that I've really heard that message. You know, that we should necessarily come and get our skin carefully reviewed at a specific age, um, as as a recommendation. And, and yeah. maybe it should be, given the very high incidence of uh, yeah. of skin cancers, not just yeah. melanomas, in yeah. Australia.
1: I think so. Um, at this stage there was no consensus agreement of mm, mm. Uh, of what age should have the uh, skin check but from our experience we do find the high percentage of people develop the skin cancer in yeah. the 50 um, and above age yes.
0: and it's and it's and it's largely preventable yes. and i and i think what one of the things about the mole we were talking about beforehand is that and what you're doing is that you're you're detecting cancers at much earlier stages, which makes a big difference in terms of patients' prognosis. And yeah. c- can you mention a little bit about uh, squamous cell carcinomas, basal cell carcinomas, not the non-melanoma skin cancers? Yeah. You, you don't really have a formal... You don't do mole mapping for that sort of patient, I don't think, are you? What, what's your approach to that sort of, uh, those sorts of cancers?
1: Um, those type of cancers, majority of them um, are not invasive, Mm. Um, not mm. really life threatening. Yes. Um, however, the big um, headache or big trouble of the BCC or SCC is over one third of them were developing from the neck and above. Yes. yes. So if we leave those type of cancers too long on the skin, one of the significant issue is cosmetically yes. and, and and also the yes. function. Yes. Yes, yeah. are on the ear and the lip, and
0: yeah, yeah so forth. Yes, mm. yeah.
1: So, um, so my recommendation is that again, similar to the to the previous melanoma checkups, and mm. for fifty and above um, groups, and it should have a more regular checkup, like the once every twelve months time. For less than fifty years of age, or above twenties, depending the risk factors.
0: Yes. Do, do you, uh, just a couple of other really brief questions. One, one is the possibility of a skin lesion in your hair. Is it? Do you find that very difficult to get in and you know peel back the hair and have a careful look at uh, at the scalp? It sort of seems to me it's one of those areas that um, you know yes. it's, like, it's like a private area, isn't it? It's, yeah. it's difficult to get yeah. at. Uh, is that a, do, do you find that there are you know missed lesions? Um, within the hair?
1: Yes, it, is, it mm. is so true. I mean, uh, on the scalp, particularly for people who are having a uh, thick hair, mm. um, it is challenging and difficult to notice some mm. of the lesions earlier. Um, we do have a quick checkup of those areas in our clinic. Mm. however, because of the uh, difficulties we mentioned before, sometimes certain lesions can be missed. Mm. So one of the um, strategy we had been developed is we always advise our patient when they attend to their hairdressers or barbers, right. um, they will spend half an hour or more with them if they um, Developed any uh, if the barber or the hydros notice anything significant, we yeah. ask them to return to us yes. to have a more
0: careful detailed assessment. Yes, that's very sensible. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And well, a lot of patients are on anticoagulation now. Uh, the new anticoagulants, um, direct anting, direct uh, oral anticoagulation, and mm-hmm. dual platelet therapy. Has that become a big problem for you? You want to take skin lesion off and we've got to start filling with their anticoagulation in advance. Um, in most of the
1: cases, it's not. Um, only in uh, occasional patients, um, because they were on com- combined of multiple mm, medications, yes. it yeah. could be a little bit challenging. But still, um, most of the cases we can manage the very well for the surgical procedures. Um, we, when we combined with different method, different strategies, we had seen very limited com- uh, complications from the surgical approach.
0: Right, right. Well. Archie, thank you very much for, for taking me through that very beautifully today. Thank you, know, you for your time. We've got that slip-slop-slap method. We have the slip-slop-slap slip, message we have to get out to all our, yes. all our patients and Australians. So thank you very much for thank the time today. Yeah. Thank you very much. Thank you for joining me. And that discussion with Archie, who so is very passionate about skin surveillance, mole mapping, and demoscopy. I invite you to join me for our next episode, where we explore a new topic in medicine. And I hope this will provide you with further insights through medical practice. And during the podcast series, we'll be covering a wide range of topics across many special interests. The discussions are not intended as specific medical advice for patients, but as general information only, and reflect the opinions of the guests interviewed. Requests for new topics to be reviewed and comments about the conversation you've listened to or welcomed and may be emailed to manager at GIHealth.com.au.